Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, what's going on? I don't understand, Chris. <laughs> I just, I'm not even, I, I, hi, how you doing everybody? Thanks for listening, Chris. Glad to talk to you. Thanks, pal. But is there a reason why baseball is just like the most annoying sport of all? It's just, it, like, I understood the fake rules for the COVID year. Like, mm-hmm. I got that. I get well, it. Co- it's, that's over now, so don't worry about well, coronavirus. Anymore. You know what I mean. The sixty yeah. games, you had to get them in. You had a short window. That that was just it is what it is sort of thing. Shortened games, seven inning double headers. The guy on second. Why are we still doing that? We're playing one sixty two over the course of six months. Like I don't, I don't understand why we're doing seven inning double headers for a game that was scheduled for nine the night before, but because of a rain delay, it gets shrunk to seven. And like, and I know the Phillies benefited in the game earlier today because they had they also started with a guy on second, but it's it's that's not baseball. And this mm-hmm. argument comes up every time this dumb rule rears its ugly head. You're just going to use it for the regular season, and then when the postseason comes around, we're like, Haha, yeah, that was all fake. Like that <laughs> that can seriously affect games, records, teams. Like I don't I don't understand why why baseball can't just realize, hey, let people share your stuff on social media. Let's stop fooling True. around. And that's how you get. That's how you grow the game. That's how you get people to pay attention. That's how you get a younger audience to see what's going on. Versus, well, we made a pitcher have to pitch to three batters before he could be subbed out. Like what? What? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. I hate them. I hate Major League Baseball. Well, if it's any consolation to you, uh, this year's Phillies team is really screwed in the back end of the rotation anyway. When you get to the Chase Andersons and the Matt Moores of the world, they were just n- not set up for success, as it were. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to go into this. I guess it was Joe Girardi uh, with a uh, with those two knuckleheads as well, the four and fifth number five starters. Who else are you going to put in there? You're going to put in D- uh, Vince Velasquez. That guy had uh, one of the most disastrous outings I've ever seen in his season debut. I mean, you could sign any other human being. Uh, it's <laughs> Honestly, that works for me. Well, what's John Skopansky up to? I mean, <laughs> wow. I, I I'm mean, honestly proud I came up with that name. That is a, a hell of a reference. Um, <laughs> I, now I'm racking my brain for kids my age uh, who played with me. Oh, nobody, Sean McGady, come on. You, you wouldn't even know Dave Malotsky, so it doesn't matter. I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, weird. He only played baseball with us. He never played any other sports. I always found that very interesting. I almost said something really inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Regardless. I don't, have any, I don't have any real thoughts on that. I don't have much to contribute. But I, I do think, you know, there, I, I have a hard time believing there are not two free agents starting pitchers who are better than Chase Anderson and Matt Moore. I mean, there had to be. There had to I'm be. I'm saying but, are, not have to be. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear you. I don't know. This team's going to be frustrating all year. Because they're going to lose dumb games like that that they should win, um, but uh, their offense is fun, so I'm, I'm I'm here for that. All right, I'm looking at this. This has been updated on March. Okay, so it was like a, a month ago. 
some of these guys might be signed now, but uh, who knows? Uh, the highest-rated non-signed pitcher at that point was Rick Porcello, who is currently a free agent. I can't imagine Porcello is not better than one of those guys. Uh, Homer Bailey on that list. I would I would tr- have Homer Bailey out there before I would have Chase Anderson out there. Annabelle Sanchez. Uh, good old Cole Hamels. Come on, you wouldn't rather have Cole throwing than Matt Moore? No, I'd like I like my last memory of Cole Hamels being a no hitter at Wrigley. That's I, fair. I, I'm okay. I, I was I thought about it more after last year when they were kind of like hinting that they might have might bring him back, uh, and then he ended up signing with Atlanta, and that's just been a disaster. And he's really not been he's not been great since leaving the Phillies in general. Um, I kind of I kind of don't want to revisit that 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 like last circle around the wagon with him. Okay. Okay. But I'm, but Porcello, Homer Bailey, Bailey, Mike Leak, Mike Leak. Yeah, sure. I would take, I would take a flyer on all of these guys because they all at one point were either one or two starters on a team temporarily. Like, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. And maybe Dombrowski doesn't want to deal with Porcello because their relationship in Boston. I don't know how that was. I'm not, you know, I'm not up to date on Red Sox theories. So, have at it, but it feels like Porcello shouldn't be a free agent. There's got to be something something going on there. Maybe he's hurt. I know he wasn't great in that that kind of uh, weird season last year. Was as a matter of fact, he was one and seven with a uh, with a Jesus Christ. Uh, this is not five point six four ERA. All right, maybe he's done. Uh, I'm looking <laughs> at the last two. The last two years have been five point five two and five point six four. So that's not great with a and although his whip was kind of sustainable in 2019, 1.5 whip last year. Oh, look, really bad. But you know, on the plus side, he's not Chase Anderson. Yeah, that, that I can agree with. I can certainly agree with that. I don't know. Hey, the Phillies just—they're gonna—they're gonna be annoying. That's just—that's just we're we're meant to be that way. Couldn't be any less annoying than the Flyers. They just stink flat out. Terrible. Absolutely horrendous. Should have sold basically the entire team at the trade deadline and did basically nothing. Their franchise is irrelevant. Ownership doesn't care. So a once great franchise, dead. Dead in the water. Well, I mean, come on. Hey, the Phillies, the 76ers, both in first place in their respective uh, divisions. How can you complain about the state of Philadelphia sports, Gregory? Just because the Flyers are a little bit lackluster right now and uh, sitting there in what? Seventh place? I don't know. A hundred. It could be in a hundredth place for that. For all that matters, they stink. They lose every game, like six to one, seven to two. They had a chance. <laughs> ridiculously, they win. They beat Boston to pull within two points of the final playoff spot on Saturday. Then they go out against Buffalo, the worst team in the league. They're carrying. I feel like you say this every week. It's, it's that they unreal. Just lost to the worst team in the league. They're carrying a one-goal lead into the third period, late, or maybe they scored in the third period to take the lead, but. They're up. They're up a goal with three and a half minutes left. It's three to two. They lost five to three in regulation. It's an embarrassment beyond all embarrassments. It's it's just horrendous. Fire everybody. Fire the coach. Trade everyone. I, I'm I'm over this team and this core group of players at this point. I'm looking to see why they were mentioned here on the uh, but Versa forward worked on an extension with the Flyers. Uh, Scott Loughton. Scott, oh, Scott Loughton, yeah. Got the extension. Ah, great. That's what we need. Five more years of a third-line or fourth-line player. Really happy about it. 
I'm pretty hype about that too, Greg. I'm not going to lie. If I ever watch Flyers a game again or, you know, talk about the Flyers after this moment, Scott, <laughs> Loud, Scott Loudon's going to be the first guy that comes to mind. Well, it's not a bad one. He'll be around, I'm sure, for, for a very long time. Yeah, because you can't get rid of that contract. How could you? Talky. <laughs> uh, yeah, who cares? Sixers are in first place, and they got uh, eventually George Hill will play, and the acquisition acquisition of Anthony Tolliver. Can I t- look? Okay, Anthony Tolliver is a guy that I have secretly wanted on this team for like four years now because he's a super accurate stretch four who can do nothing but shoot the ball. But all I want is guys who can shoot the ball next to Simmons and Embiid. So I'm good with this, man. I'm excited to add Hill. I think more shooting in Tolliver is only beneficial. Less minutes for Mike Scott is only beneficial. Team's playing well. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm fine with all of that. I'm fine with absolutely all of that. Give me, Can give I me, ask you, where are you on Ben Simmons right now? I mean, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because yes. you see all the the things out there, like all the potential, like the defense is so good. But the offensive side of the ball is just so lackluster. And like and he goes through these getting worse. He goes through these weird ebbs and flows and like like he doesn't know what to do in some games in these situations like and like with the ball in his hands. And then he gets mm-hmm. lost when somebody else has it. I I don't know. I don't know what you do. I really don't like I, I need I need a demand of a step up and if it doesn't happen, like this is I, I, I was the guy that was continuing to give the benefit of the doubt throughout all the Harden stuff, throughout all this. And don't get me wrong, the, the team's in first place. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's relax a tiny bit as to what we're doing here. But, I mean, we we just – there has to be – there has to be something more to offer, uh, offer as an offensive threat. There just has to be, or else yeah. I don't know what we do. Yeah, in uh, in his fourth season here in the NBA, fifth in professional basketball, he is now averaging a career low in points, assists, rebounds. He's a uh, below well below last year in free throw percentage now, and a career low in field goal percentage. And you wonder if it has anything to do with fatigue from all the turn, like the, the quick turnaround. He was injured at the end of last year. That may compound the fact like this. So there's there's so many factors. Yeah, and but, there's some there's some weird stuff going on in the Simmons family too. I'm not sure if you're. Uh, oh aware yeah, of I'm, that. I'm all up to date on that. Uh, yeah, I we, I don't I don't want to speak too much to that just because one of I, I, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, me, you know the 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 secrecy of the secrecy of this, the mental health issues, all kinds of things. But there are there are some serious allegations, and certainly, it, if you're him, you have to think that there are other things on his mind than basketball right now, and that's probably fair. You would certainly have to think that, and I agree. It is it is fair to think that that could have some sort of effect on what's going on on the court. But to me, the the lack of offensive development, and I've I've cont- like I continue to give him the benefit of the doubt, and then you see mm-hmm. random pull up three pointers, and you're like. See, yeah, it looks can, good, right? He, yeah, he when can you don't, do it. when you don't think about it, he's got what two threes at the end of uh, at the end of games or shot clocks. looked looked clean, smooth, like just as smooth as you could possibly ask for when it comes to shooting a three pointer. A pull up, just bury it three pointer. But he just refuses to do that at any point other than when it really doesn't matter or it absolutely has to get thrown up. 
Yeah, when he when there's no option for him to pass the ball in that scenario. It's crazy, man. It's shooting, it's literally crazy. Shooting thirty three percent from three on point two attempts a game. I mean, listen, there's a reason why the different books pulled off. They don't even put the prop up anymore because yeah. it's it's not even worth it's not. I, they can't even get people to bite on it on a daily basis. And what's weird is it looked like this season was going to be different at the start because he was, you know, every other game or every third game he was shooting a three at the beginning of the year. And then it just stopped. Yeah, he basically just fell back into he just fell back into the, the same pattern that we've been in where it's. Yeah. You're not giving us. You're not giving us what we need, uh, you know, to be that full all-around player that this team desperately needs to win a championship. Like I, I don't know. It's it's hard to judge the Lakers right now because they're mm. in such a weird situation with basically everybody hurt. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh. I think that's safe. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know. Like Phoenix is is very good. Denver suffers a huge loss with Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, just last night or yesterday, um, the, the Jazz are still the Jazz. They've been very good, but it's still unproven in the postseason. So you kind of have to sit and wait. And then there's the Clippers, where everybody hates each other. And yeah. not to mention just the teams to get through the East. Like the Nets, the Nets are, are a, a daunting task. I don't care what their record looks like with KD or without KD or with James Harden or without James Harden. Like it's it is they are. They're going to be tough regardless when it comes to a seven-game postseason, you know, series. That's just going to be the case. Yeah, you did you see Simmons' comment on the Nets? No, I didn't, which is surprising. I'm look. I'm looking t- so for it right now because I don't want to paraphrase, but it was basically like, yeah, they're really talented, but at the end of the day, there's only one ball, and you also have to play defense. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But oh I feel God. like I feel like that's a weird bulletin board material thing to give somebody, especially for a guy who historically has underperformed in the postseason. Like, yeah, I'm, that's a so tough look. Sixers play the Nets tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Kyrie's availability is at this moment uh, still to be determined. Missed today's game for personal reasons. Kyrie misses a lot of games for personal reasons. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is out, but I mean, that's probably good for the Nets, honestly. And, uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting. So I guess it's what it's, it's Durant and Joe Harris. Pretty much. That's, that's pretty much all we have for the Nets. Like there's, there's, who, a, who's their a big game. This isn't Oh yeah. Uh, obviously Brooklyn has a lot of talent, but there's only one ball and you've got to play defense too. Yeah. Probably just don't say that. I don't publicly. care. Like I don't. I don't care about that. Like who? That uh-huh. I. I happen to think that that's exactly right. Like they're they're losing to bad teams because they just try and outscore teams. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not wrong. His assessment of the Brooklyn Nets is dead on. The issue I have is, is don't don't give them extra motivation for no reason. If there's mm-hmm. a chance that this is the team you're going to be playing in in you know a seven game series to go to the NBA Finals. I'd prefer you don't say what you're saying right now, <laughs> you know? You're talking I'm about three Hall of Famers on that team. There's what, yeah. maybe one on our team? Maybe? Uh, there's definitely one. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, there, there's maybe, there's like maybe two. I don't think, I don't think that's going to matter at this point. Uh, as long as he has another couple of seasons like he's, like he's been having over. If he has his, 
if if Joel has two or three more seasons that are basically career average seasons, he's a Hall of Famer. The stuff he's doing, it, it's absolutely insane. Uh, I saw a stat today that rookie Joel attempted 15.1 uh, free throws per 100 possessions. And the only time that's ever been eclipsed is Joel this year. <laughs> that's actually insane. Yeah. I mean, the guy is, he he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. He, he's got the height, the size, the power behind him, but then also the actual basketball skill, which is pretty crazy to think about. Freakish. It's freakish. And I, I do think, I thought it was interesting when they lost that game to New Orleans that all of a sudden Joel was in the lineup for the back end of that uh, back-to-back. And that was the right decision, too, because one, he sort of got, sort of played, got a little out of shape by, in that missed time. I think he knows that he can't afford to miss many more games if he wants to be the MVP runner-up at the end of the season. And MVP you know, think, runner-up to who? Jokic. Eh, team stinks. Well, I mean, they're a lot different now than they were last yesterday at this right, time. Right, right. But but then Jokic's numbers are. I mean, they're insane. I mean, he is going. He's averaging what twenty three, eleven, and eight point eight assists. I mean, yes, they're very, very good. I'm always going to be a homer. This is this house is going to work. Sorry, 26, 11, and eight point eight assists. <laughs> well, that on, I mean, on uh, on forty one point eight percent shooting from the three point line, eighty five from the foul line. Well, now you've convinced me. You've absolutely convinced me. Um, He's just I, stupid talented. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you watch him play, and you really like don't you don't see that kind of passing from big guys like that. It just doesn't no. doesn't happen. I mean, Bill Walton, Arvidas Sabonis. You're you're talking about the the most rarefied error of all the centers who have ever played basketball. When you're talking about the uh, the passing ability that Jokic has, and to also be able to shoot that well, to also be able to you know get 11 rebounds a game. Yeah, you know he he's not always the best defender. But it doesn't matter. He's just he's just stupidly talented, and that guy was the forty first pick in the draft. Well, it just it just proves that all drafts are crapshoots. No mm. matter what, no matter no matter what in any sport, you can scout and scout and scout and scout. And obviously, there's always going to be the LeBrons. There's always going to be the Durants, the guys who are up at the top of the draft. But it, every draft is a complete crapshoot. Every one of them, regardless of sport. It's gonna be really interesting to see what Denver does now with uh, with with Murray out their second leading scorer at twenty one a game. It's yeah, Will Barton is gonna to have to step up big. Uh, Got to think they're wishing that Gary Harris was still a member of the Nuggets at this. You point. would think. You would think. Uh, I don't know. Like Darius is not deep at guard. A lot of opportunities for like PJ Dozier and Compazzo. I don't uh, know, man. You know what's Monty funny? Morris. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? Will Barton, sneaky first bucket guy. He's one of those guys. You who, love um, first buckets. I mean, it is the most exhilarating. Is It's the most exhilarating thing in all of sports. That's just, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's been two today. Marcus Morris and um, Joe Harris. Bang, bang, uh, Chris. Bang, bang. Um, you just you want to be that guy. I, I, I don't know if you saw the guy on FanDuel's uh, who won, who bet 50 bucks and won 50,000. I mean, that is the most absurd on uh what was it it was uh it was Levine and Trey Young both going for 40 plus yeah both going for 40 and Levine having five plus threes insane absolutely ridiculous that is well, five plus threes feels safe if you're gonna get 40 
That's true. You almost have to have that in some cases. Uh, so I do, I do get that. But that is it, just to have the balls to do that is crazy. But it, I mean, does it, it's fifty bucks? It's not that. That's like that's like saying, oh, I, you know, I had this thirteen team parlay that I the ridiculous parlays that I do during the NFL season. Yeah. It's like oh, I had the balls to wager ten bucks to win seventy nine thousand. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. It's to me the odd, like the the just. The ability to hit that is so ridiculous. Like just oh, it's dumb luck. It's complete luck. There's nothing about that that isn't just the dumbest of luck. And I love it. I love every second of it. That is the guy I, I want to be. You are absolutely correct. You talk for I, no human being has ever talked more about first buckets than Greg Crown. Dude, it's and it's it's a simple thing. You just watch the trends. One game, one person per game per day. That's it. No more. No less. That way, depending on who you pick, most of the time, if it's if only one guy hits, you're pretty much going even for the day, depending on how many games there is or whatever. So it's all it's all about percentages, Chris. Mm-hmm. There are certain guys that, that that you can really you can really maximize, but there then you get annoyed. Like Will Barton was the guy that kept annoying me because he would he kept ruining everything I was going for mm-hmm. when the Nuggets would came around because MPJ would be a guy you could you could rely on. Uh, which is weird because you would think a team like that, like Jokic and Murray, would always be the guys, but it wasn't always them. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to to look at when you talk about first bucket. Hey guys, Chris here to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Prolon. Now look, anybody who has listened to the show for any real period of time knows that I'm an advocate of fasting. As a matter of fact, I've been doing it before I even knew what the term for it was. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, I just know that for me it helps me lose weight, it gives me more energy, and just makes me feel better overall. That's why I was so excited when the people over at Prolon sent me some products to check out. For the uninitiated, Prolon is more than just a diet. It's a new way to live that helps your body rejuvenate from within for better performance and, when done in multiple cycles, for healthy aging. And you don't just have to take my word for it here. Funded by the National Institutes of Health and based on over 20 years of research at the University of California Longevity Institute, Prolon is a five-day fasting-mimicking diet which consists of a patented combination of tasty, gluten-free, plant-based food which puts your body in a fasted state and, when used in multiple cycles, supports your metabolic health. And maybe the most exciting thing about all of it, uh, most users have reported that they have improved control over their eating habits and food cravings and felt more motivated to adopt a healthier lifestyle. For more information, go to prolonfast.com, P-R-O-L-O-N-F-A-S-T dot C-O-M and use my promo code Y-W-A-H-W for 20% off your first order. Think about that, 20% off the start of a healthier life. You're not going to beat that deal. Hey guys, Chris here to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Bragg. This was a really big year for Bragg as they expanded their apple cider vinegar offerings to introduce brand new prebiotic shots as well as updates to their ready-to-drink prebiotic refreshers and enhanced ACV blends. Bragg now offers a diverse range of ways to incorporate ACV into your daily routine and reap the benefits it has to offer. I don't know about you guys, but apple cider vinegar is one of those things that is just, I always have to have it there always has to be a bottle handy i i use some in one way or another every day without fail we talk about superfoods all the time but i feel like acv is kind of a super liquid 
The thing I like most is it's tried and true and it's been used for centuries, going all the way back to the ancient Greeks who used it as an antiseptic. Japanese scientists found that it may help fight obesity. It may help with blood sugar and insulin levels. For heart health, it can help brighten up your skin and even treat dandruff. And I'll tell you what, for a long time, I was just a plain couple of tablespoons and a glass of water guy every day. But then I was introduced to the recipes page on the Bragg website and I mean, it was a game changer. My personal preference, the orange tart cherry shrub is absolutely delicious, but you can't miss with any of it. If you wanna check it out for yourself, head over to bragg.com, B-R-A-G-G C-O-M, and you're gonna find the recipes under the Bragg Bites section. Apple cider vinegar genuinely is one of the true staples of my life, and it's something that I encourage everyone to try. All the Bragg products contain a perfectly measured one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, over 750 milligrams of acetic acid, and they're USDA organic and non-GMO. Head over to Bragg.com, B-R-A-G-G dot C-O-M, and use my promo code WRONG15, W-R-O-N-G-1-5, for 15% off your first order. And again, check out that orange tart cherry shrub over at the recipe section at Bragg.com as well. You are going to be thrilled that you did. I was working with some sports book. This is back in the day. This has got to be 10 plus years ago uh, doing an ad deal. And they they gave us like, I, and I'm not, not mentioning their name. I genuinely don't remember who it was. Uh, I think they gave us like, I don't know, 250 bucks or something like that to, to play with. But in order to cash out, you had to roll it over eight times. Mm. So the thing that I found, and I managed to do this, this is the best run of my life. Uh, but the thing that I found worked for me was, was first quarter scores. Because I, I feel like the, the better team tends to win the first quarter. There was, there was, a, there was a Sixers stat. A couple years ago, two or three years ago, where they like were so dominant in the first quarters, like they would cover those spreads left and right. Um, but that is, I, I could definitely see that as something that makes a ton of sense. A ton of sense. Yeah, I would say of the eight games I had to win, like five or six of them were first quarter or first quarter. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, lines. Yeah, and, see, and then just a couple of like first half football lines the chargers the chargers were the team that ended up winning it for me by the way uh they were <laughs> the chargers won the first half of some game that got me to eight and i could cash out i can almost guarantee no matter what the chargers probably lost that game despite being up at halftime <laughs> that's just how that that's just how the chargers work while we're on the the subject of basketball i want to i want to talk about this play in tournament a little bit because it's you know come under fire by mark cuban by luka doncic and and others how do you feel about the play in tournament this goes back to and i'm telling i'm god it is manufactured drama for the sake of manufactured drama mm-hmm. right it goes back to baseball baseball adding the additional wild card stuff uh, not just last year but in the year years past so they could build in they could build in that one game playoff like it's it's absurd i can't stand it i can't stand it it's how like do you, how do you really feel about this greg i, I mean you're really hiding your emotions but, but you're just you're you're just you're just doing it for tv for ratings for people to tune in so you can get that guaranteed thing one of the best games ever who was it it was 
it was either Minnesota and Denver or Denver and the Kings. I want to say Minnesota because I don't think the Kings were very good. But they legitimately tied for the eighth mm. spot in the Western Conference two, maybe three years ago. And they had to have a play-in game. Like, that's just how it worked. And, I, like, that was awesome. That game went down to the wire. It was fun. Like, you could feel the playoff energy. Like, this two-game series, that that's fine for the bubble. Like, that was a cool gimmick. Like, I get that. But you didn't even get the team that you wanted because you wanted Phoenix in that game, in those games. That's true. Um, so, I, like, and I, By the way, I, I, I believe if, if draft lotteries were rigged, and I do not think they are, but if draft lotteries are rigged, there has never been a team that deserved to win the lottery more than Phoenix after going 8-0 in the bubble and still not making the playoffs. Yeah, that's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I like, I look, but isn't there an argument to be made that it keeps teams competitive longer if you can sneak into that, that play in tournament and then see what you can do in the actual playoffs? Yeah, but what, but because tank tanking is an epidemic, man. I mean, I agree tanking. I don't think you can ever fight tanking. The only way to fight tanking is to make every year's draft a complete crapshoot lottery. Yeah. Like you just that would be the only way you could ever prevent tanking. But, hey. But then teams would still tank their way out of the playoffs if you're an 8 seed into the lottery cuz the odds are now 12% or 9% oh, no. or I mean though I mean the whole first round. The whole oh, first that's round. Ter- that's terrifying. I'd rather we have the wheel than that and I hate the idea of the wheel. Listen, I don't know. I listen. Give me one of those big spinny things like they use for the bingo balls. You put all mm-hmm. 30 teams in. Whoever we pick first, guess what? That's who has first picked. Oh, the Lakers won the championship. Guess what? They're also getting number one overall. Sorry about your luck. Sorry about your luck, Cleveland. Like, I don't know. What, I mean, they, like, that's the only way you will ever effectively prevent tanking. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. Yeah, especially in basketball, a sport where one player makes such a difference. It, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NBA this year. All of a sudden, you know, especially with how it's lined up right now in the Western Conference, I'm just waiting for Silver to decide that uh, that that the bot like the bottom like s- instead of four teams, six teams are now competing for those uh, play-in games because heaven forbid Zion's not in, uh, at least has an opportunity to be in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, he's obviously going to try to force him in there. They force him into the All Star game. They force him into the starting yeah. lineup. Like I know Zion's been very good since the All Star break, but before the All Star break, like that dude wasn't an All Star. Agreed. He, he was wasn't. the number one pick. Yeah, like it's. And the Pels are currently outside. Uh, for I would argue that that uh, Brandon Ingram's a better player than Zion, but I don't but disagree. The, the Pels are currently sitting there eleventh in the West, one game behind the Warriors. I'll tell you what, man. I, I would not want to catch the Warriors in a, a play-in game situation because any time, like any at any given time, Steph can go for 50. Well, at any given time, Steph can go for 50. And, like, I, I mean, I know Clay got hurt, what, September? I there? can't imagine they're going to risk that. I wouldn't. You never know. Never know. Those playoffs are creeping up on you. Uh, and guys come back from things way quicker now. But... I do agree. It'd be a little bit tough, but uh, yeah, Steph. I mean, Steph's one of the best players of all time in the NBA. Why? Why would you ever want to play with him or play against him in the playoffs? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Clay. As of a month ago, Clay Thompson eyeing 2021-2022 opening night for his return. Yeah, what so, does stink is the injury to Wiseman. That's a bummer. That's true. 
That's true. But, Not that I he mean, was fitting in perfectly with what they were doing anyway, but I don't know. I still think that they uh, he has some serious potential there. Yeah, I mean, you have to think in retrospect, LaMelo should have been the pick, and that would have made for some really fun and interesting lineups in Golden State. I know Steph would have to be more of a two, but boy, that team would be fun. I just don't know if anybody expected this from LaMelo. Like, and, and you know, in retrospect, like, yeah, of course that, that seems like the pick now, but you're talking about... I mean, I guess in fairness, he should have gone one with what yeah. we know now. Yeah, I, considering, I, who was it, Anthony Edwards was one? Yeah, Edwards has playing, uh, been, he's been playing good basketball lately, but he's he wasn't doing what LaMelo was doing. No, yeah, so he also did hilariously didn't know who A-Rod was today, which was funny. Uh, somebody <laughs> asked him about it. Later today, he's getting traded. <laughs> Probably. A-Rod owning a basketball team just seems weird, unless it was the Heat, like, because it's, like, some random minute, like, team in, like, the center, like north center of the United States, that yeah. doesn't feel a rod to me. So that's going to be well, interesting. Well, no, and I saw I just happened to see him on the ESPN coverage because the Phillies game was on and he was doing the game. Yeah, Sunday Night Baseball. Whoever he was with was like, "Oh, what do you think of you know?" Was bas- asking him basketball questions, and on the same day, it was announced that he bought, well, is buying the the Timberwolves and what the Lynx. Um. He said his answer was, I don't know. I'm not a basketball guy. And he said it seriously. Because he's not. This is so. But I know, uh, but you own, you're in, you own the team. This, this kind of brings everything a little bit full circle here, Chris. And what I mean by that is we were talking about tanking being an issue. The yeah. other issue in sports is that there are owners who are only in it to make money. Yeah, just like businesses. These are businesses. Right. No, I understand that. But they don't care about winning. So you are fine with being mediocre as long as the bottom line means the business is booming. It's Mm -hmm. exactly. This is actually, God damn it, really full circle. This is actually what brings it all back to the Flyers. Ed Snyder dies. Comcast takes over. Nobody cares. Nobody even knows who the owner is. It's just a corporation. And the team is just miring in absolute garbage. Because they're, they really don't care. The Flyers make money. They're always going to make money. The fans still come. They still buy memorabilia. They hit a cash cow with gritty. And and that's just <laughs> it is what it is. Like, that's just, they don't care about winning. And that's exactly what A-Rod will be in Minnesota. He's not going to care about winning. The guy didn't care about winning when he played baseball. Like, yeah. so it's, to me, it's 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 tough. It's it's a tough, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough sledding for Mr. Rodriguez in, in Minnesota. Literal sledding. He's going to have to sled to the arena. I suspect he'll have someone do the sledding for him, and he'll just be on the back. Probably. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't agree with you on the play-in tournament thing. I think it's, I think it adds an interesting element. I think, you know, I, I think all too often in professional sports, we hold true to what has been just because it's been, rather than because it makes sense. And this, this is a fun evolution to me. Uh, I, I don't agree at all. I don't agree. I know Cuban's bitching about it. I know the, the, the Luca bitching about it stuff drives me absolutely up, up a goddamn wall. It does. I'm, he's, he's a 22 year old complaining about having to play more games and not getting to rest at the end of the season. Like when I was 22, the, the best days we would have in the summer were the days when we stayed on the court for eight hours on asphalt 
because you know, if, if you kept winning. And he's complaining that he has to like 72 times a year at the compensation of like $8 million a season at this point. That he has to he has to play 35 minutes over the course of two and a half hours. Yeah, I don't disagree with that take. I don't disagree with the take on Luca. The thing I do, the thing I do disagree with though is, or I do agree with Luca on is he's talking about okay, so I played seventy two games and now I lose two games and now I'm not in the playoffs. Like that is kind of bizarre. It happened to the Cubs. It happened to the Cubs. Don't lose those games. Okay, so so here, but here's what happened. The Cubs were tied for the NL Central lead with whoever. They lost one nothing in the NL Central tiebreaker, and then immediately lost one nothing in the NL Wild Card, and their their season was over. So they finish in first place in the division, which in reality, what would have normally happened in any other year? Hey, you lose the division, but your record was still high enough for the Wild Card. There it is. Oh, we have an extra Wild Card spot. So ah, sorry about your luck. You got to play again. Like that. That to me. Like, that's the sort of stuff this is starting to teeter towards if you're talking about basketball. Wait till they introduce the midseason tournament, Chris. That's when I officially lose my mind. <laughs> Don't lose those games. That's that's the thing to me. Elevate your team. If, you're, if you are the superstar that your stats suggest and that the league certainly promotes you as, then carry your team to the win instead of carrying your team to a position where you have to worry about the play-in tournament at all. Yeah. You're Luka Doncic. You're the you're the future of the NBA. If you're this good, why the hell is your team in sixth place in the West? Well, I think the issue is is that the NBA is so top heavy with teams that have three and four guys who are superstars. Like well, that's they've just, got two. Uh, Porzingis and, is and is Dallas is in teeter. seventh place. Dallas is behind Portland. Dallas, mean, is, in a, ba- Dallas is basically tied with Memphis. Yeah, Memphis stinks. That's bad. John Morant's in the fun, but everybody else is kind of... Like, the Lakers have had injuries all year. and They still somehow win games, which is bizarre. Yeah, because they assembled a good team. Uh, That's the point. Assemble a complete roster. The problem is, and I, I do honestly wonder if this is a bit of a thing, that... The the roster you have to construct around Luca to maximize Luca, and maybe this is a function of just worrying too much about maximizing Luca instead of making the best basketball team possible, is just one dimensional shooters in a lot of cases, and so when Luca is not playing well, those guys have to step up, and I don't know that the capacity is necessarily there. How often is Tim Hardaway Jr. going to carry the team to a win? You know, how often is uh, I mean. The they literally traded Seth Curry because they needed someone who would play defense. Josh Richardson hasn't exactly been amazing for them. It seems like he was pretty uh, wildly overrated in that one season in Miami. Yes, Brunson is just another guy who is just an, a consummate backup point guard. Finney Smith is playing 32 minutes. He's a starter, but he should be a seventh man. The team just isn't constructed all that well. No, they're not. They're, they, I mean, but that also comes with the territory of, like, who's their GM? I can't name him. Is it Cuban? Is Cuban the GM and the president? No, it's, uh, oh, God. Their GM is, um, oh, that's going to drive me insane. Right? It's, uh, it's going to drive me, I'm looking at it right now because it's going to drive me insane. The Mavericks GM is Donnie Nelson. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Like, Who? 
I, I mean, don't know. Don Nelson's kid, Donnie, super I, famous. I, I mean, yes. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Not, this is not a like ooh situation. <laughs> it was more of a uh, it was more of a figurative who, uh, if that makes sense. It does but, not. Y- it, sure. Um, <laughs> to me, to me, that's that's the biggest. Like, uh, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. You know, yeah, like just, just they should win. be better. They should just be win. better. Yeah. And by the way, at at what point are we going to address the fact that you know Luca's been in the league for like three years now, and he has not gotten in better shape at all? Well, I mean, what's what do you, what do you want the guy to do? I don't know. Hi, like you make eight million dollars a year. Hire a nutritionist. Eh. I can guarantee you, if and this is maybe a maybe a laziness thing more than anything else, but I can guarantee you, if I was making eight million dollars a year, I have a live-in chef who is making all of my meals. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I think it, like, that feels would be like the a smart fe- thing to do. Feels like a really good investment of like sixty thousand dollars. It probably bump it up a little bit, scrape scrape off a tiny bit more for my man. But I mean, I, he's his job is literally to make four meals a day. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta prep, you gotta buy, you gotta buy stuff. I mean, okay, it's but, and and he has nothing to do while while I'm on the road in this scenario. Wow, he's got to prepare your meals to send with you while you're on a lot the road. of a lot of off days. Uh, I look okay, fine. Who cares? Uh, $75,000. You feel good about that? Eh, make it like closer to 150, 200 and I'm in. I think uh, well, you're in. What is are you you're taking the job or what? Because I feel like I all right, we're going to I can find buy a nutrition a nutrition ha- uh, like textbook, learn how to do it and I can cook. It's not going to taste great, but I can still cook. Yeah, but I mean you're paying to not have to do that. Live in chef. All right, the average price of a live-in chef uh, is I think between, severely underestimating this. Between thirty and forty dollars an hour, but I, that doesn't help me. Well, um, so let's just say, let's just say, live-in chef. The median price of a personal chef in the U.S. is about two hundred to three hundred per week for five meals for a family of four. That doesn't feel right to me. Two hundred to three hundred dollars per week. Yeah, that that's that's on care.com does not feel right. Uh, to me. No, not even close. That's eight thousand okay. dollars. Uh personal chefs earned an average of twenty seven thousand eight hundred and forty dollars per year as of May twelve uh May two thousand twelve. That's not a live in chef. That's just a personal chef. He I rolls know, but, in, he cooks okay. the meals, and then he bounces. Fine. Different. He can be then he can be a then it can be a personal chef. No, I Doesn't want to, to live at Luka Doncic's house as well. I want to be involved. So, so basically, you're you're saying that for only one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you will live at Luka Doncic's house and make him food. Yes. Do I have to go to Serbia too? Uh, I mean, I think you get to go to Serbia, Greg. Mm, all right. Well, if I get to go, then yes, I'm definitely in now. I can't find. Yeah, I just it's no. I understand private what you're chef. Saying. How much does it cost to have a private chef for a year? Forty-five to fifty thousand dollars annually for That's a private reasonable. chef. That's actually reasonable. You're not asking them to live with you, so forty-five thousand dollars makes sense. Is it clear that they don't live with you, though? The jobs preparing meals for their client and families will often live in the family home. How much did Alice from the Brady Bunch make an hour? Uh, <laughs> look, I, I don't think Alice uh, was getting paid there. She was, she was. They were letting her sleep in the garage. It is true. Her room being like right behind the kitchen is always kind of weird. I don't. I don't know. You really know your place. 
I mean, very much so. Very, very much so. Yeah, 50, you know, all right. Full-time chefs who live outside a client's home can any live anywhere between 65. Uh, this, I think this is way more reasonable than you think it is, is my point. Yeah. I don't, I, mean, I don't think you're getting, I'm, I'm sorry to say that I don't think you're getting your, your 150 grand to live at Lucas. Fine, Chris. I guess I'll go with 75. All right. Sue me. How, how does your wife feel about this? Probably not that happy about it. Probably not <laughs> thrilled. I'll float the idea later though. We'll see what she says. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I would bring it up to Luca before I picked that fight with my wife but yeah i don't know who's i don't know who'd be harder to convince yeah i I think both of them are going to be uphill battles to be quite frank yeah i guess well the thing is i don't just like i could just send all of the seventy-five thousand because i'm living with luca i don't have any personal expenses well you Um, you don't know that he's not i mean you're going to need a little bit right because you're going to need personal money it's not like luca's giving and he's like Oh, here's here's money for you to buy this game on on PlayStation. Ah, come on! You think you think we're not ordering pizzas? Me and Luca are playing 2K. We're hanging out on the couch. No, you're not ordering pizzas. You're making dinner. That's the entire point of this. Mm-hmm. See, I would be a bad personal chef. It'd be like a day. <laughs> yeah, you, wake up one you're day. Just, you're just like, uh, let's get pizza tonight. Yeah, Luca. Listen, buddy. I know we've been on this strict diet, but it just it feels. It feels like a Domino's night. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I think that's just what we're gonna ride with. We'll yeah, do man, thin feel, crust. We'll do thin crust. Feels like Call of Duty and Little Caesars today. I don't I don't know how you're feeling, but that's just where <laughs> I'm at. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> um well, uh, I guess as a, a follow up from what we were talking about last week, you have officially gotten rid of your two pre orders. I did. I did. The intervention worked, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went. I went and thought about it. Actually, it turns out I think when I double ordered the second one, uh-huh. I think it auto canceled the first one. Okay. Because I do, or just rolled that money into, which doesn't make any sense because I for sure was definitely charged twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, uh, yes, I rolled it. I rolled it back out, and and you're right. I can wait the four days. I can wait the yeah. four days and save and save the money. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's, it's it's. Are you gonna like? Are you playing aggressively with like the the building a team online thing? Because if you're not, who cares? No, no, never. Me either. I think also, the ultimate I, team stuff is the most. Is just so like I hate it. I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, also, I was thinking that it was really stupid of me. I should have gotten it for Xbox so we could have played, but not the world I live in. Because I yeah. just I bu- I buy it for PlayStation. That's what it's for. I understand. I do, however, I did, however, venture back into the world of Grand Theft Auto last night. <laughs> You're not Bloody. waiting until, not waiting until the, uh, no. the actual, the PS5 version comes out later in the year? No, the, uh, the, it's, the, whatever it is on, is on Game Pass for Xbox, mm. the, 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 whatever version's available right now. So I downloaded that, I dropped in the back into the world of Grand Theft Auto, and it's weird. So I probably haven't played that game since I beat it six years ago whenever it was mm. initially out and i think that's how long yeah. ago that was uh and i like weirdly remember the map i weirdly remember the missions i weirdly remember the storylines and like i'm very early back into this game but i remember it like in-depthly which is bizarre how memories work because it's not a game i've thought about almost at all since yeah. since i played it i am uh 
I'm sh I'm gonna show you something right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna screen share, which I didn't even realize you could do on Skype. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, there is there is a mod that is utterly crazy for GTA. Uh, it is so other people or who are watching this can see it. You do you, you see my screen? Nope. All right. Well, oh, maybe, now I do. Okay. The the YouTube video is GTA Five with ultra realistic graphics. I forget exactly what this is called, uh, what this mod is called, but it's a mod for the computer that came out a while ago. Just look at what this looks like. Uh, it is it is absolutely insane how much better this looks. It like it is genuinely. I was absolutely. These people are really just want to show themselves here. We don't care about you. We don't care about you at all. Let's here. Let's go to this guy. Maybe you'll you'll actually show me. Oh, it's Gamer Ranks. Yeah, here you go. Look at this. I just Look see a guy in a yellow beanie. What's that? You don't... Oh, uh, sh okay. I'm sharing the wrong screen. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I don't... I'm sharing the wrong screen. Here you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Wow. Look at this. You I see mean, this now? Yes, I do see this now. This is yeah. This is a GTA Five graphics mod that com that will compete with GTA Six 4K video. Look at look at that. This is an actual computer game, and it is just utterly insane. And it is a you know now we're talking about like seven year old game. That's look actually at how incredible. real those people look. That that screen kills me. The trees look amazing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is... It's amazing what you can do with computers, and also very scary what you can do with computers. Yeah, no, I am... Uh, you, you were... I, I was showing you the five... The seven video game post credit scenes that changed everything. Oh, look at that. <laughs> from from what culture gaming. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I caught you off, though. You're, you're back into GTA Five. Yeah, it's just weird how you can remember those types of things. And, and now I'm just kind of biding my time until... I'm excited for, I'm excited for MLB. Uh, I Googled when GTA Six was going to come out, but there's not even an announcement that it actually even exists. So that's now, interesting. They, the word is 2021 still, but I don't know that I buy it. I don't know if either, just based off what I read. Because they've invested so much into the online stuff, and well, and because it's a goddamn cash cow. Yeah, so um, that's that's an interesting thing. I'm excited for the new EA Tiger Woods. Well, I guess it's, I don't know if it's Tiger Woods, but it's a golf game. I think uh, it is. I think it is EA Sports Tiger Woods. There's three different golf games coming out. They're bringing Augusta back, which is nice. It'll be nice to have that back in a golf game. I think. The last one they had was 2014. Ironically, I, try, I tried to play that a, a year ago on my PS3, and boy, was it slow moving. I was <laughs> like, I can't sit here in between every hole and have to wait like 30 seconds for the next one to load. This is aggressively slow. Well, that's the beauty of the next-gen consoles. I was, I was, I've been playing a lot of Outriders on PlayStation 5. And I'm I'm blown away when you go into when you switch, you know, basically go to a loading screen. It is two seconds three seconds oh dude it rips it's nuts yeah no it's it's super impressive i don't know when the last time i turned my xbox on was uh but but yeah no i'm i'm super excited about that i've got i also have the show ordered but I, i'm looking forward to the actual gta 5 playstation 5 version 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll be and very... also kind of stupid, because it'll be the third different console I've bought GTA 5 for. Well, what can you do? It is Not funny fine. how they've, they've literally bridged it from three different consoles. That's wild. That'll, you'll never see that again. Never see that again. It, the fact that that was a 360 game is is insane. I was I was literally sitting in my living room in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, playing 360 with uh, my GTA game with like my my roommate Steve. Let's put it like that. <laughs> oh, man, different That's times. Much different times. Much <laughs> much different times. Thank that God is- for that. That is so long ago uh, to think about that. Like, I definitely, I definitely bought it when I lived in Oregon and played it on PS3, and then just eventually finished the game and walked away. That's when I would actually finish all those games. Like when I finished uh, Watch Dogs One, like that game was so much fun. I finished that God mm-hmm. of War. I played all five of them, <laughs> plus the which included like the PSP versions that they formatted for for uh, PS3. I've played mm-hmm. so much gosh dang PS3, and that's really, it's weird. Please wash your mouth. I know. Uh, I went from I went from PlayStation to PlayStation Two to Xbox 360, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. I, I did a weird dip and dive in and around both both platforms. So it's that's a little bit it's a little bit weird. I don't know why I don't know why I did that, but I never really stuck with one, and now I've just kind of continued on with Xbox. So, well, for me, I mean, it, I always wanted both, but it was a matter of what games did I care about the most and what what system played them better. And also, the there's some exclusives that I wanted on PlayStation, like for a very long. I I bought a PlayStation in California just to play the show. I literally went out to. I bought an old PlayStation Three, I guess, uh, three or four. I don't know. Probably a four. Who knows? I bought an old PlayStation. Is the moral of the story? Uh, just to play the show. Must have been a three. It uh, must have been a four. I mean, and uh, and now like Horizon Zero Dawn. I love Spider Man. I love so. Those games exist. Uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get into it. And I will be playing video games later tonight because I'm having a frustrating day and I would like to cathartically kill some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. As you there, should. There's something nice about that. <laughs> I Yeah, I could definitely see that. I would love... I need to go back. I, I need to revisit getting this N64 and then all the N64 wrestling games. They were so gosh... They were just the best. They were so good. I would. Could you imagine right now you have a terrible day and then all of a sudden you have a 40-man battle royal and it's all the WCW guys? But does it yeah. hold up is the question. Absolutely not. Of course not. But maybe. But just <laughs> maybe it does. Maybe enough? Yeah, just enough. Just enough to hold up. I mean, like, the controls were relatively simplistic back then. They were never as as simplistic as uh, WCW's games for PlayStation. Uh, yeah, I guess it was PlayStation 1. It had to be. Uh, they had Monday Night Nitro and... Uh, Thursday Night Thunder, they had both of them, <laughs> Nitro being the first one, and the only two moves that you could do outside of your finishing moves were Power Bomb or Pile Driver. Those were the oh only two. There was nothing else. And then once you got your your numbers up, you could do the, the person's finishing move. That was it. Well, but very for underrated. Me, 
for me, it was the the classically named pro wrestling game for Nintendo. <laughs> well, the, the one of the more underrated wrestling games, uh, there was a game, and I think it was PS1 again. It may have been PS2, but it was WCW versus the world. Okay. And you could just absolutely crush dudes with like Ultimo Dragon, uh, Yushin Thunder Liger. It was a, it was an amazing game, and like there was an, a big array of moves. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if that. Like it has to be, it had to be, yeah. WCW versus World original PlayStation. Ninety-two percent like this video game. If you're talking about Google user reviews, initial mm-hmm. release date September thirteenth, nineteen ninety-six. Jesus Christ, I'm old, Chris. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are. We're old people now. It's not great. No, it is not. Luckily, I look young, so I I feel like I have that going for me. But. Uh, Dude, finally, my, finally, my body does not feel young. No, absolutely not. And then finally seeing some people for after a very long time, considering the pandemic, uh, many comments on how, how many gray hairs I have coming in. Mm. And that is, that, that's one of those ones where you're like, mm, I could diet and just completely give in to not looking super old or I just let it ride out. Let's go white, baby. Just gray, <laughs> gray the hair up and then by 50, just be, just be. Pillow marshmallow white. Whatever works for you, man. I Brian Regan's completely white all of a sudden. So. That is insane to see. Yeah, he I, he looks a lot older. I've I we went to see him in uh what is uh in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at that that casino. Alexa, I took Alexa. It, yeah, I think it was the Sands. Um, I took Alexa because she loves Brian Regan, and we sat in the front row, which is not a really good decision for a comedy show, by the way, but. It was it was cool and like I I have that picture of him in my head and then I saw that special and oh my goodness. Yeah, dude, it's bizarre, right? It's well, and I kind of get this every time I come back to the East Coast now because people are frozen in time for me. And I I only see them, you know, once every year or so, once every well in the normal world, once every 6 months or something like that. And then I go and I see my family and I'm like, oh, wow, you guys are real old. Yeah, I could see that. I could see how that would be. That would be a very like. And I guess it was the same when I lived in Oregon. Like you do get yeah. that like little snapshot of like, hey, I was, I'm home for a, like four days and now I'm going back and I won't see you again for six or eight months. But the Regan thing was so, so like thrown, they threw me off so bad because I don't know about you, but I remember growing up like. During the day, summers or days off, like Comedy Central's lineup was just, you know, you had uh, Kids in the Hall, Saturday Night Live, and then like random comedy specials, mm-hmm. like those 30-minute half-hour Comedy Central presents. Yep. Regan had a great one. Burr had a good one. Um, uh, Jim Gaffigan, maybe? There's a million of them. Yeah. Too many like, to count. Yeah, but Regan had a really good one, and, and like that... That was where I first heard of him, and then you just, you know, you eventually follow up and you see other things that he does, and he's just so funny. So funny. I hate to give uh, your brother credit for anything, he's but I will say that he kind of turned me on to Nate Bergazzi, and his recent special is nothing short of hilarious. One of the best specials I've ever seen. I put it up there with the John Mulaney specials. See, and what's funny is, is Bergazzi's never a guy that I've really paid attention to from a stand-up perspective. I heard the name a million times, all the different podcasts that I listen to. They always talk about him. They bring him up, and I've never... I know he's funny. Like, I know he's funny. You should. I I encourage this heavily. 
I I I liked the first special I saw. The the recent special that he put out, I mean, it was it it was one of the best specials I've ever seen. I thought it was hilarious. Well, I got into uh, how I got into Mulaney was driving in Oregon with such a long drive. I would just throw Pandora. Uh, it actually really was what led to comedy podcasts, which is bizarre. Hmm. Um, but Pandora. It was, it, well, it was Pandora Comedy Channel. Like I would just yeah. say, like John Mulaney Radio, Hannibal Burris Radio, and like eventually, and like I remember hearing some of his bits on that like as well so like i definitely know nate bargatze is very funny it's just yeah. a matter of actually sitting down and watching the special you showed it's worth it but you know in my mind mulaney is that guy it's it's harder for me to watch some of these specials now knowing like the stuff he's got he was going through at the time that kind of like it makes some of the jokes a little weird because mulaney's a guy who's always had substance abuse issues and when he's making jokes about that stuff, then like it sort of strikes a different chord. But just a, an absolute genius comedy writer. I saw there's a special with him and Bill Hader, who were friends from Saturday Night Live. It's like 47th Street or 75th Street or something like that. But it's a special on YouTube. And it's it's basically Hader interviewing Mulaney. And it's it is hilarious. Uh, there's just two of the great comedy minds. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Like they haters, haters absolutely hilarious. Like Mulaney, Mulaney has a delta, a delta joke that if you haven't heard it and you're listening to this, you should turn this off right now and just w- Google that because it, it just, I, I literally, I, I had seen it like ten times, and I was watching it on an airplane at one point for like the the eleventh time because I was just bored and watching a comedy special. <laughs> I do that and though. I was basically crying in my seat. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, and I, and you you know me. I am not yeah. a laugh out loud kind of. I'm a oh that's funny kind of person. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. That's crazy. I will. I have to go check that out. Honestly, though, Mulaney, John Mulaney Delta. Just Mulaney. Mulaney's first two albums, which were the ones that were like heavily in rotation during that time frame, on. Pandora, like it's some of the funniest stuff. Like, oh, it's brilliant. Just, just audio. You don't even have to see. I don't even think the first one it has a video component to it. I think it's just an audio CD, and it is like just so funny, just so funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Everyone's got a. Everyone's got homework. John Mulaney Delta. John Mulaney Street Smarts. And John Mulaney, New in Town. You don't have to watch the whole thing. It's the name of the uh, album, but the actual joke. It, they are, like, it killed me. I could I could watch them ten times in a row, and I will laugh as hard the tenth time. I mean, dude, the one thing you can't replace, uh, I mean, that's another excellent bit. Uh, oh, yeah, it's great, too. Salt and Pepper Diner. There's just, I, I'm down. I'm down to watch it. The, the Delta, New in Delta, Town, which I know. Delta, New in Town, Street Smarts. Street Smarts. I'm in. I, I'm, we're watching it. We'll watch it for next week. I'm, I'm ready. That's everyone's homework. All right, that's going to be the show for this week. For Greg Cronom, Chris Horbidell, this has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.